Amen. Mark 14 and 32. And they came to a place. Everybody say a place. Which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John. And began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what, or they, neither did they know what to answer him. And he cometh the third time, saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough, the hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Amen. I want to preach for just a little while from this one word titled Gethsemane. Amen. Gethsemane. Set your Bibles down. Amen. I need some prayer warriors to help me right now. Lift your hands and your voices. Amen. We need God to help us on this Father's Day Sunday. Come on, let God... Let God speak to your heart right now. Come on, open up your mouth. Let Him hear your voice in this house. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if it's appropriate, join up with somebody next to you. Say, help me get a breakthrough. Help me touch God. Help me to become what I need to be. I need a double Come on, I feel a precious move in the Holy Ghost in this place. God's wanting to help people. God's wanting to touch people. Come on, let the Holy Ghost come down upon you right now. Spirit of God, help us. Spirit of God, strengthen us, mold us, shape us, lead us, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In a way of worship now, why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? We love you, God. We thank you. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. That standing's hard on people sometimes. Amen. I've seen a bunch of young people over here during praise and worship sitting down because their legs were so old. Praise God. Praise God. Getting quiet already. Amen. I remember when I was 12, I used to jump and run all day long. You know, of course, I grew up on eggs and bacon instead of Captain Crunch, so, but maybe there's a difference. Anyway, praise God. I'm having fun already. Amen. Thank the Lord. I want to preach about Gethsemane. Gethsemane literally means the oil press. Everybody say the oil, oil. press. Gethsemane was located in the Mount of Olives, uh, which was more or less just a, you could call it an orchard of olive trees. I've been there one time, such an amazing 
trip, Lord willing, Lord willing, Lord willing, I'm going to go back in October. Brother Caleb Adams and Brother Johnny King have invited us to go back. And so I want to go back, and, and I told them I, I want to get baptized in the Jordan River. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, some people want to get an autograph of a basketball star, and some people... <laughs> I want to hang out with somebody that can throw touchdowns. I want to get baptized in the Jordan River. Amen. I know. Praise God. Everybody's got what they like to do, but I've been baptized. My sins have been remitted, but I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to just step down in that water that Jesus stepped down in and see what comes out of heaven when this happens? Amen. There's no telling what will happen. So anyway, that was my agreement. I said, I'll go if, if you all baptize me in the Jordan. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just stay here and build a church. So anyway, Gethsemane was in the Mount of Olives. Some people think it's right at the base, which when I went on the tour, they said it was. Other people think it was further up in there where the trees actually were. And... Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives is just across from uh, Jerusalem, the old city. It's like a, it's called the Kidron Valley. It's just a little valley. It goes up, they call it the Mount, but it's not really a mountain. It's just a little hill. And the, one of the interesting things is that uh, it faces, you can see the east gate of Jerusalem from there and that's many prophecies about how that that was the gate that Jesus would use and that's the gate that he's going to come back through and matter of fact when the Muslims conquered Jerusalem at one point uh, they actually concreted the eastern gate shut like they were going to stop Jesus from coming back through that gate anyway but a lot of other people will, they buy uh, burial plots right next to the eastern gate because they read the Bible and they, in their mind, they think if they can get as close to the gate as possible, they're going to be the first ones to get to go. And so they kind of sell the land, kind of like land in New York City. They sell it by the inch almost. And so there's just, you can see above ground tombs just stacked on top of one another which would have previously been the place where Jesus would have walked out of Jerusalem and he would go across a little valley and up into the Mount of Olives to this particular place to pray. The olive tree was is very important uh, in the land of Israel. It's all over the place everywhere our tour would stop everywhere we would travel it was just olive trees and and they, they would harvest them. And so it was a very important agricultural uh, fruit. Amen. But when you begin to think about everything that they used the olive oil for, then you understand why it was so valuable. They would use olive oil as a lotion that they would put on their skin. They still do. It's very expensive the way they do things. Uh, it would heal bruises it would heal wounds and I could preach a long time about the anointing oil that could heal your wounds when nothing else can amen that's why I'm not real hip on people taking all kind of medicines to try to cover up hurts and pains and depressions and all kind of things that it can't heal man I I just I'm not against people doing stuff, you know, and I'm not in people's business, but I'm telling you there's something about the oil. There's something powerful about the oil that can fix things that nothing else can fix. Amen. People that are troubled and hurt and all kinds of issues with life. Amen. We're way past the point where you're going to get Good people come in out of the world and you just got to give them a little instruction and show them the way and they repent, get the Holy Ghost and baptize them and they're great saints day one. And I'm telling you, we're in a day when people's got a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of bruises. 
It's going to take a lot of oil to get it taken care of. You know what I say? Just say no to dead church. Dead church ain't going to help anybody. Uh, no oil is not going to help anybody. Uh, hey, we're dealing with real life. Uh, and it's going to take something real to help people. Come on, let's love Jesus right now. Hallelujah. They would use it for bruises and wounds. Use it for their, the beauty of their, their skin. They would make it beautiful like a lotion would. They used it. It was very important in cooking. Man, I could preach a long time about that. Amen. There's certain ingredients that if you leave out, Amen. It's a mess. I watched my daddy make milk gravy 10,000 times. And I thought, this is the easiest thing in the world. So one day I was at my cousin's house, Kevin Taylor, and he said, hey, do you, you know how to make gravy? He said, I, I, look, we need something to eat. I said, yeah, I know how to make gravy. And I started making gravy, and I, and I forgot. I never seen him or forgot that it needed salt. And I made a big old cast iron skillet full of gravy, and it looked beautiful. I did it just like Dad did, but I didn't put no salt in it. And one taste of it. My Lord. It was like greasy milk. We dumped the whole thing. It went to town again. I'm telling you. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You think you can leave something out and still be satisfied. I'm going to tell you, you better get everything God told you to get. You leave out the oil, it ain't going to work like you think it's going to work. You try to have church without the anointing, it ain't going to be like you think it's going to work. You try to have a marriage without the anointing of God in your life, it ain't going to work like you think it's going to work. It ain't going to work like you've seen it work somewhere else. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, the oil, they would use it to fuel the lamps that would light their homes. And it would also light the temple. Man, the oil was what was burning. The oil was what produced the light. The oil is what produced that shine, that glow that I was preaching about Wednesday night on Moses' face when he came off that mountain. It was the anointing oil. It was God. It was the Spirit of God. Another notable use that they had for the olive oil is that it was the base ingredient in the anointing oil of the temple. They would make the anointing oil. They would put pure myrrh, sweet cinnamon, sweet calamus, cassia, and then they would put it all, and they had the certain mixtures, and they would put it in this pure olive oil, and it made up the anointing oil. Amen. Everybody say it made up the anointing oil. So as you can see and you can begin to understand that there are many different uses for the oil and many, many different ways that uh, they would apply it. And I was thinking yesterday how uh, some people get mixed up in their mind and think there's only certain ways that the anointing matters. And, amen. There's only certain things that I could do and, and be anointed. I, I, I want to make a liar out of the devil today. I want to tell you, you need the anointing of the Holy Ghost just to go through Walmart and not get mad. Amen. I, I, can, I, can I just talk to you a little while? Some of the most impactful people in my life as a young person, that they, they weren't great singers. They weren't the preacher. They weren't people with titles. It was just my little Sunday school teachers. And they would begin to teach a little Sunday school lesson and whatever it was about maybe it was about Jonah maybe it was about Samson but obviously these teachers sister Minnie Bell Martin was one of them that I remember very well 
And something about when she would begin to talk about this story, I would feel something, amen, in my little 10-year-old mind. I began to feel something transferring from that story into me. Amen. You know what it was? It was the anointing of God that was upon her life. Amen. I, wanna, I just want to preach a little. God wants to anoint everybody in the congregation uh, to do something for him. Come on, you going to help me today? Come on, is the church going to help me today? Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm afraid that sometimes people get it in their mind that, well, I'm not preaching today, I'm not singing today, I'm not playing today. It's not really important that I pray today. Let me just tell you, it's very important to, that you pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, there was a, there was a rock star one day with long hair and, and he had the, the big, tall, go-go boots on. You remember the 80s? <laughs> He had big old long hair and he walked into church one day and he sat beside a holiness woman. He didn't know anybody around him. It was Brother Rick Mayo that had the boots on and the long hair. He walked in and he sat down next to what would end up being his future wife. And he said, there's something different about this place. Hey, you need to be anointed just to sit down on the pew, I think. Hey, you may not like this, but I'm going to preach a little while. Hey, man, I think you ought to be anointed when you walk through the door. Hey, you never know when God says, hey, I want you to do. Give them a word. Put your hand on them. Help them. Hallelujah. Amen. I think. I think everybody needs to live an anointed life. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Boy, I I got so much to preach. I hope you got enough jaw strength to chew on it. Hallelujah. The oil that was inside the olive was useless. Until it was extracted. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Don't listen to people that say I am anointed. Because somebody that is anointed, they won't have to tell you. (laughs) You don't have to listen to somebody that says I am a preacher. You don't have to listen to somebody who says, I, I do pray. You don't have to listen to somebody who says, hey, I am faithful. Because they won't have to say it for you to know it. The extraction process was simply to press, everybody say to press. It was to press and to squeeze and to separate the pulp from the oil. Well, hallelujah. Which means the pulp had to be broken down. Hallelujah. Amen. Is this all right? Amen. I got a Bible study I could stop and t- teach if y'all need me to. Amen, my backup plan. I've never seen the anointing flow from someone whose flesh was intact. I've never seen the anointing flow from somebody who was not living a broken life. I have never seen the anointing flow from somebody who wasn't submitted to the things of God. 
One, two, three, four, five. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I have never seen the anointing flow from someone who was trying to build them own selves up. I've never seen the anointing flow from somebody trying to exalt themselves, uh, to make a name for themselves. Uh, but I've always seen it flow from somebody that wanted to lift up Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together with me. Come on, help me pray for a moment. God's going to help somebody in this room. God's going to help somebody online today. God's going to help somebody that looks at this 10 days from now. anointed preachers are not the ones that are trying to get their face put on an Instagram reel just saying cliches and funny little statements to try to get people's attention God don't anoint cliche preaching God anoints preaching that glorifies him that leads people to an altar. Come on, somebody needs to help me today. Hallelujah. Amen. The most anointed singers I've ever heard were not the ones that were trying to impress the crowd with how beautiful their sound of their voice was. But you can look at them uh, and you can see it on their face. Uh, they were given everything they had uh, to glorify God. Come on, church. Come on, don't, don't get mixed up. Don't get confused with what good church is uh, and what good church ain't. Uh, Good church is when the anointing begins to fall on his people because it is the anointing that will destroy the yoke. I know you jumped up and down. I knew you clapped your hand. But did you change? Come on, church. Amen. Don't ever let it be said. Yeah, they worship there. They, they, well, really, worship is not even what you think it is. Amen. They praise God there, but nobody ever gets changed. They jump up and down, and they clap their hands, and they run the aisles. Then they go right back to Facebook looking at perversion. Amen. That's not anointed praise. Anointed praise will break every spirit of hell uh, that comes against people. Uh, I'm telling you, anointed praise uh, will change you from the inside out. Uh, Anointed praise uh, will get the nicotine out of your mouth. Uh, Anointed praise uh, will get the bitterness out of your heart. One of the most anointed singers I ever heard when I was a child. Her name was Sister Cheryl McCarthy. She didn't dress like she was trying to get attention. She didn't flop around like she was trying to get attention. Uh, 
she wasn't doing some dance somebody taught her how to do to get attention. She just went before church to the altar and started praying, God, will you help me today? And when she got up there and she just took the microphone and began to sing, I have nothing but praise for you, Lord. I'm telling you, the anointing of God would fall on that house and people would be changed. Come on. I'm... I'm thankful today for technology. I'm thankful there can be people watching us have church that can't make it here today. Pray for Sister Shelly Weeks. She's in the hospital. Hopefully she gets to go home. I'm sure she's watching right now. And I know all this technology is wonderful and gets... uh, I guess it's wonderful. I'm just... I'm hung up in the middle. I'm almost 50. And I've being pulled both ways. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for live stream. I'm thankful we've reached people. Amen. The Sutters watched us online before they ever walked in the door. Amen. That's just, thank God for it. But I'm afraid the disadvantage of a live stream and a camera is that people start trying to perform and instead of reaching for the glory of God, amen, they're trying to pull from the talents of men, trying to make everything just right. And we turn into a production instead of the anointing of God breaking the yoke of sin and people praying through. My God, I got to preach right now. Amen. Amen. I'm not, I wrote these words yesterday with tears flowing down my face. Amen. I don't want to be famous. I want the oil. Come on, I hope this is your attitude. I don't want to be a big name. I want a big anointing. Come on. Come on. Come on. You ought to have the attitude. I'm not looking for attention. I'm not looking for affirmation. I'm looking for anointing. I'm not looking for people to pat me on the back and say, wow, that was a wonderful song. That was a wonderful I'm looking for God to pat me on the back. I'm looking for the Spirit of God to be pleased with me. My prayer is that the people of this church would be used for the glory of God. I pray that nobody that comes out of this church would ever be used to entertain people. I don't care how well you learn how to sing or play or preach. I pray to God nobody comes out of this church with a desire to entertain people. I pray every minister that comes out of this church, every singer, every musician, every missionary has one goal. I want the anointing of God. Tell you what this Bible says. He said, I'm not going to share my glory with anyone, with no other. Let me tell you something. If you're not willing to let God have the glory, 
Don't tell them I'm your pastor. If you're not willing to let God be the one lifted up, don't throw my name out there. Amen. The words of God are so powerful. Amen. I'm not looking for authority. I'm not looking for control. I'm looking to be his servant. I want this spirit to get on people in this church. Let you believe there's a spirit in our world, in our midst, in our movement that it wants to be elevated. It wants to be in control. It wants to have authority. Don't tell them I'm your pastor. We're not looking for that at 308 Jeanette Street. Huh? We're not going to be looking for that at 122 Bar T Trail either. Huh? We're going to be looking to be the servants uh, of the Most High God. How can I be of a help to you today, God? What can I do? What can I say? To give you glory. I feel the Holy Ghost backing me up right now. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every person in this church, every talent and ability you brought to this church. So many people have been such a great blessing to us, and I'm humbled. I'm just sit someday and cry and think about what God has done in this church. Don't misunderstand me. I thank you for, for everything you bring to this church. Amen. But I want to tell you what got us to right here. Let me tell you what took us from the basement uh, to Highway 70. Uh, it was somebody uh, that said, I'm going back to Gethsemane tonight. Uh, I'm going to get on my face uh, and I'm going to talk to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Men, women, children, young people. The more you let God work on you. The more you let God work on you. The more anointed you will become. Practicing preaching in the mirror ain't going to get it done. Singing in the shower ain't going to do nothing. Praying loud only when people are around to hear you ain't going to get it done. Custom suits ain't going to get it done. Gethsemane is what's going to get it done. But I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. It's amazing to me the location of Jesus' last prayer meeting. His last gathering, the location, think about it, with his disciples. Was at a place called Gethsemane. The oil press. (laughs) Come with me, we're going to the oil press. What was he saying? You got something in you, you got potential. But it ain't ever going to work until you take a little trip with me. People say, hey, why don't you send your singers? We're have, they're having a, a clinic and wherever. Can you send your musicians to Ohio? We're having a clinic. No, we're having our own clinic Monday night. I'd love to, but... And I don't have a problem with clinics or whatever, whatever they're called. Long, 
Do you know what Gethsemane's for? He takes his disciples to Gethsemane. And it is there that he says these famous words. Let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Let me tell you something, church. (laughs) You got to get deep in prayer for your flesh to do God's will. I, I, I know this is, a, this is a Psalms 149 sermon, not a Psalms 150 sermon. Maybe we'll have a 159, who knows. Praise God. But Jesus knew, if I'm going to do what's in front of me, if I'm about to, if I'm going to get on that cross, at some point i got to get on that rock right there. You say, well, I'm just really not the praying type. Well, yeah, you are. You just don't know it yet. My Bible said you can either fall up on this rock and become broken or this rock will fall on you and break you to pieces. Well, it's just... Well, I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I don't really fit in. Oh, you're going to fit in one of these days. You're going to be a prayer warrior one of these days. It may be a trumpet blow and everybody you know go up first and you're left behind. You're going to become a prayer warrior. It's not my style. It will be your style. Well, I'm not the kind to just run to the altar. You will be someday. Why don't we just take a trip to Gethsemane while we can? While it counts. While it matters. While we can still be saved. Help us, God. You got, I'm just going to tell you. You're going to have to get into some deep prayer. Everybody say some deep prayer. You got a flesh that don't want to do what God wants it to do. Your problem ain't my problem. Your temptation ain't my temptation. I would laugh at yours and you'd probably laugh at mine. But to me, mine's a big deal. And to you, yours is a big deal. And in order for yours to happen, you know what? You're going to have to let God put you through the press. Begin to squeeze the wheel right out of you. Squeeze your desires right out of you. And what you want, what you think, and what your opinion is, it don't matter when you go through the press and it's broken. You want the anointing to come out? You want the anointing to flow? Go through the press. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm having a moment of confusion right now. Praise God. That one says 11.45. That one says 11.30. So I think I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) They'll make sure it's right next time. (laughs) At Gethsemane, Jesus says in Mark, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. He says it again in Matthew, the different gospel. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? It's weak. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12 and 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit, that's a little s, that's your spirit, shall return unto God who gave it. 
He's talking about two parts of humanity. He calls your spirit the part that can talk to God. The part that came from God. It is your mind. It is your heart. It is the immaterial part of you. Amen. It's the person that knows how to respond to God. It is the seat of life. When you pass away, the Bible said, your spirit goes back to God and the the tabernacle turns back into dirt. Amen. He's talking about two parts. Amen. So Jesus is saying the spirit is willing. I'm here for you. Praise God. The spirit is willing. There's a part in everybody that wants to do right. There is a part of you that came from God that says, you know what? That preacher's preaching the right stuff right now. There's another part of you that says, I don't like it very well, though. Uh, and it's called your flesh. Uh, the Bible said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is Praise God. And if you know that the flesh is weak, If you know the flesh is weak, why would you let the flesh drive the bus? Why would you let the flesh determine what you're going to do on Sunday morning? You know the flesh wants to sit in the lazy boy. Praise God. Y'all ever heard of my pillow? Y'all ever heard of my pillow? Not my pillow, but. My pillow, amen. Boy, my flesh loves my pillow. You can like squeeze it and it just goes. And then, then this phone over here starts going ding, 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 ding. And I'm thinking the spirit is saying, get up, boy. This is the day the Lord hath made. In the flesh is saying, hit snooze a couple of times. I'm talking about the battle for the rest of your life. Uh, the devil is working one and one with your flesh. Uh, your weak flesh don't want to do anything God wants it to do. It don't want to pray. It don't want to go to church. It don't want to fast. It don't want to be kind to your wife. It wants to be a smart aleck to everybody you know. You know it's in there. It's every time they cut in front of you, something says, <laughs> blow your horn. And then something else says, don't do that. You know why Jesus went to prayer meeting? Because he was flesh and he was spirit at the same time. And he knew if I'm going to get up on that cross, if I'm going to make this flesh get up on that cross, I'm going to have to have a prayer meeting. The spirit says, you need to apologize. It's two words. I'm sorry. But the flesh says, mm-mm. This is my family. We don't do that. And you lose everything that's of value to you. Because you can't make your flesh say two stinking words. I'm sorry. We, we try to... We try to skirt around it where we ain't got to say it. Well, I was just thinking, just in case I've ever done anything that might would have possibly been misunderstood by you. Just in case. Which I feel like I've never done it because, you know. Amen. Praise God. We try to, we make provision for the flesh. We don't make the flesh do what it needs to do. You got to realize the flesh will take you to a red hot 
they flesh? This is how I grew up. This is how I grew up. <laughs> flesh, you got to take it by the nap of the neck. I never heard anybody say that except one person. But it sure impacted my life. When I realized he, he was exactly right. Take it by the nap of the neck. You know what? When you want to control something, you take it by the nap of the neck. When you want to grab a dog, you grab it by the nap of the neck. Flesh, you're not going to make me be lost. You may not like it, but you're going to apologize. You're going to bake a cake. Praise God. Praise God. Sit down for one minute. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> Praise God. We could just get a hold of this. What a trip to Gethsemane will do to your flesh. Let me tell you, if you're mad at everybody, I can. <laughs> it ain't the spirit that came from God <laughs> that's doing that. <laughs> It's that old sin nature that passed from your grandpa Adam. When he ate the fruit he wasn't supposed to eat and sin and death by death passed to every person. If everybody... Praise God. Don't get mad at me. I'm just preaching the word of God. We all need to go to Gethsemane every day. We all need to let God put us through the press and break our flesh and our attitude and our will and our... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't watch and pray, something's going to get you. Praise the Lord. If you don't watch and pray, something's going to get you. You're going to have a crisis if you're not praying. Listen to me. Amen. I'm not, I read it, and one day God told me this. Joel Motes. If you don't pray, something will get you. And then I read the Bible. And he told everybody, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. You don't mean because you're praying that nothing will ever try to come to you. Jesus was out in the wilderness and the devil came to him. He was praying. He was fasting. It'll come to you. But if you're not praying and fasting, you will fall into it. I don't. I'm trying to keep somebody from falling into something today. Amen. So I guess that one. This one was right. They changed it. Midstream. I love Brother Daniel. He. Then he do a wonderful picture. He does all this fancy stuff. Sister Lila helps too on Wednesdays. And praise God. All right, so I got five minutes to preach what I came to preach. When you began to study this part, it's kind of disturbing. And God began to deal with me about this. Jesus had... Twelve disciples. One of them betrayed him, ran off. He's left with eleven. He's about to go through the greatest trial of his life. He's walking to the Garden of Gethsemane with eleven. He sets them down and he says, you sit here. I'm going to pray. And then the Bible says he takes Simon Peter and James and John and he takes them with him <laughs> to go pray. Now I know they struggled with praying because I read it to you. 
He didn't even bring them. There was eight people. He said, I'd be wasting my time to take you into the garden with me. You just stay here and I'll go pray. I want to tell you where the separation happens in disciples. We all kind of sing the same songs. We all like to jump on our same feet. We all clap. Sometimes everybody runs the aisles. But I want to tell you where God's disciples are really segregated. And it's in the garden. If you want to know the difference between those three and those eight, was Jesus said, I'm going to bring these three because I need some people to help me pray. Now, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my ways. If I had 11 friends and I was about to be hung on a cross, I'd be like, all y'all. Come on, text all your friends. Everybody post on Facebook and reshare everybody's. And all y'all meet me. I need help. There was something in Jesus that knew that this ate. They wasn't going to go through the oil press. But I got three of them that it's more important to be in the will of God. It's getting kind of quiet all of a sudden. Praise God. Boy, I just feel the Holy Ghost backing me up right now. Thinking about it the other day, and, I, and I've told people, you know, I know this church is open. People pray all day long, all night. Thank God for it. And I pray in the mornings. I pray in the middle of the day. But there's something to me. This is me. There's something about the evening time that I feel a pull. I've talked to some people, and they said I feel it in the morning. I feel that. Some people said in the middle of the day, I just feel God. I never really thought about it. I thought, in my little mind, I thought, well, you know, <laughs> this takes 24 hours for the earth to twist all the way around, and God wants me praying at a certain time, and somebody else at another time. He wants prayer going on all the time. That was my, that was my simple little thinking. But when I began to read this yesterday, you know what I began to think? God ain't pulling everybody. He, boy, it's... I thought, why can't I not get everybody to pray? I thought, I've been preaching prayer for 10 years, and it's the same three out of 11 that come to church and pray. Prayer means going on, it's the same three out of 11 that are touching God, and the others hanging out in the foyer and hanging out. And maybe just sitting, just not, not bad, just Jesus said, y'all just sit here. Like, y'all ain't even... Just sit here, I'll be back. You know what I thought? God, I hope I ain't ever been the one in a moment of my life where you needed somebody to intercede and you looked at me right then and thought, he ain't going to go through the oil press anyway. I'll just call somebody else and have you ever noticed that some prayer meetings, there's some people that are just like locked in. Hey, I feel the fear of God upon me right now. I, I, I'm, I hope you know I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm preaching what God laid upon my heart. Have you ever noticed that prayer meeting and there's some people just locked in and they're interceding? Some people just sitting. Praise God. Amen. Oh, I feel God in this place. And I, I, I'm going to use first person. And the reason I'm going to use first person is not because I want to use first person. I don't want to use third person and hurt anybody's feelings. So don't say, all he talks about is himself. Sometimes I talk about myself so I don't hurt your feelings.
Amen. <laughs> Click. I don't ever want to be the person that God couldn't tug on my heart. And this is what God dealt with me about. You know who God's going to pull? Is the one that's going to go anyway. You know what my, 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 the desire of my heart. Other churches can be whatever they want. I, I've actually gone online and watched other churches. You know what it is? It's three out of 11. Everywhere you look, it's three out of 11 down front praising God. It's three out of 11 praying. It's three out of 11 Reading their, did you notice who read the Bible through? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, listen. Other churches can do it however they want to do it. But I'm making a plea. I'll, I'll be done in just a minute. Tell them. I know I'm going over four minutes. Tell them I'm almost done. They can do it however they want to do it. But I want this to be the congregation where he don't tell anybody. Y'all just sit right there for a little while. And the rest of y'all, the three, come down. I want this to be the church where God knows he can walk through those doors. And he ain't got to segregate this one from that one from that one and that one. He can't But he's going to have a people. I'm done. The three struggled. Listen to me. If you struggle with it, I'm not. Just push your way through. Jesus kept going back and said, come on, wake up. Wake up. Come on. But obviously there was something in the three that he knew if he could wake them up, he'd get a little prayer out of them. I'm not saying perfect people. I'm talking about people that in their hearts say, Jesus, if you need somebody, I'm here. Come on, don't let the devil beat you up because you struggle praying. Just say, I thank God he called me. Is there any way everybody in this building? I would love for the devil to see everybody in this building. Come as close to the front as you can. Just a few moments. Just a few moments. Come on, I want you to begin to talk to God. God, put me in that number. Put me in that group. God, don't don't just leave me sitting. Come on. Come on, why don't you begin to talk to God? God, call me. telling you if you'll do that there's going to be an anointing start flowing through your life (laughs) come on don't let the devil beat you up because your struggles talking about your spirit My spirit, God. My spirit says yes. My soul says yes.
shake me every now and then, God. It's okay. Wake me up if you need to, but don't leave me behind. Come on, I feel a special pull. (laughs) Come on, this is so beautiful, all you people up here. Come on, just close your eyes, everybody in this house. Why don't you talk to God? You can count on me. God, don't ever leave me sitting. (laughs) Wake me up, God. I don't want to be in the eight. I want to be in the three. I want to be one of those. just begin to cry out to it. Could you have a Gethsemane moment right now? Could you say, not my will, but thy will be done, God? Come on, sign me up, God. Put me in that number. Put me among the faithful. Let me get under the load, God. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be an intercessor. I want the anointing to flow out of me. I want to be a soul winner. Oh, when I talk to people, I want them to feel the anointing of God. When I sing, I want the anointing to flow. Oh, when I witness, when I teach Bible studies, I want it to shake them with the power. Come on, why don't you help somebody next to you? This is your brother and he wants to be in the number. Your sister wants to be in the number. The Spirit is willing. They want to. Maybe just a little prayer of faith. (laughs) Come on. Come on, God's pulling people. Worshippers, 
He's seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, he's looking for you. trip through Gethsemane with us. Come on, you're going to feel so good. You allow that old pride to be broken. That old evil spirit to be broken. Them old habits to be broken. Oh, oh let him squeeze you. I give it all to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am.